Rupsum, and this is the Out of the Fire podcast, where we talk about intercessory prayer, the prophetic, and other Christian topics. I'm an author and speaker, prophetic teacher, and intercessor. Welcome. We're continuing on in our series on avoiding deception, and today we're going to talk about some antidotes to deception. 1 John 1.5 says, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. The Bible is simple and yet profound. If it is light and good, it is of God. If something has the tiniest bit of darkness, stay away from it. It is not of God. However, sometimes we can be fooled into thinking something is light when it is not, if we're not careful to measure everything against God's word. 2 Corinthians 11 verses 13 through 15 warns that there are false apostles, deceitful workers, disguising themselves as the apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. Therefore, it is not surprising if his ministers also disguise themselves as ministers of righteousness. The key is aligning ourselves with the scriptures and examining carefully whether a person, doctrine, or word we receive is also aligned with them. The only way we can effectively do this is by immersing ourselves in the Bible, reading it with reverence daily, knowing what it says from Genesis through Revelation. John gives us a simple formula for staying in the truth in 1 John 2:24. Therefore, let that which you have heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you have heard from the beginning remains in you, you will also continue in the Son and in the Father. Paul warns in 2 Timothy 3 verses 13 and 14, evil men and seducers will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue in the things which you have learned and have been assured of, knowing of whom you have learned them. He also instructs us in 2 Corinthians 11 verses 3 and 4 not to receive those who preach a different Jesus, nor to receive a different spirit or gospel from what the first apostles preached, so that our minds do not become corrupted from the simplicity of Christ. He exhorts the church to grow up into maturity, into the measure of the fullness of Christ, so that we are no longer children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in ambush to deceive. And you can find that in Ephesians 4 verses 13 and 14. So the number one antidote to deception is living in the teaching of the Bible. And when new teachings come along, measure them by the Bible. Since false teachers can twist the words of scripture to make their ideas sound biblical, we must also ask ourselves whether new teaching lines up with the accepted teaching of the church over the last 2000 years. This is what John and Paul meant by abiding and continuing in what we have heard from the beginning those basic core doctrinal beliefs that the church never compromises on. God's word washes and cleanses us according to John 15, three. 
and it renews our minds, according to Romans 12, 2. Jesus said in John 8, verses 31 and 32, If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So the word is our first line of defense against deception. But there are some other antidotes as well. Let's talk about those. Antidote number two, guard your thoughts carefully. Philippians 4.8 lays down guidelines for healthy thinking. It says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, honest, just, pure, and lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is any praise, think on these things. Conversely, we could say whatever things are not true, are dishonest, unjust, impure, ugly in nature, sinful, involve ingratitude toward the Lord, and complaining, do not permit yourself to think. We can train our minds to think right things, can't we? Meditating on God's character and promises as revealed in the Bible is a good place to start. And then antidote number three, avoid dwelling on the devil and darkness in your thoughts, speech, and prayer focus. Yes, I know we need to do spiritual warfare and bind things in the spirit realm, but if that's where the majority of our prayer focus lies and we're forever talking about what the devil is doing, it tends to bring clouds of spiritual darkness and fear all around us. Speaking of the Lord's goodness brings a sweet spiritual atmosphere as heaven bends low to listen in. But it works the other way, too. If you talk about the devil's activity all the time, you're going to attract that element of the spirit realm. If your focus is out of whack in this area for too long, you start majoring on how big the devil is instead of how big our God is. A lot of Christians give the enemy too much credit and are consequently not living very victoriously. This is certainly deception, and it's kind of a big problem in the church. Antidote number four, humble yourself by being teachable, receiving correction when needed, and submitting to other believers. If we allow godly people to teach and correct us, we won't get very far off the track before somebody helps us to see the problem so that we can get going in the right direction again. Proper alignment within the body of Christ is a big part of being humble and teachable. We all need some kind of spiritual covering, whether it's an apostle, a pastor, an elder, or a mentor who speaks into our lives. Meaningful correction most often will come from those who are over us in the Lord, although we will also learn from our peers along the way. Many people who are deceived are in that condition because they are afraid to put themselves in a position of accountability under a godly leader. God honors accountability. 1 Thessalonians 5 verses 12 and 13 addresses the alignment issue. It says, And we plead with you, brethren, to know those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and correct you. Esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. 
It was a given in the early church that believers were submitted and in relationship with leaders and other fellow members in the body of Christ. Lone Ranger Christianity was not tolerated. Antidote number five. Loving our Christian brothers and sisters goes a long way toward keeping us out of deception. Perhaps this is why loving each other is a central theme of 1 John. In 1 John 2, 9 through 11, he says, He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness even until now. He who loves his brother dwells in the light and there is no occasion of stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because darkness has blinded his eyes. 1 John 3.14 We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. 1 John 4.20 If a man says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? Any soulish, selfish behavior, including unforgiveness, envy, bitterness, and hatred, will cloud our ability to know the truth. We must strive for the mastery over such attitudes, always calling on the Holy Spirit to help us overcome them. Putting into practice the actions consistent with loving others helps our thoughts and emotions to eventually line up with those actions. This is not insincerity or hypocrisy because we determine to do it from a heart that truly wants to be loving. We are training ourselves into right thinking and that takes time. Antidote number six, asking God for wisdom and truth brings it. God delights in a heart that sincerely wants truth and he is faithful to enlighten those who want to be enlightened. Every one of us has areas of thinking that are a little bit off, but the Holy Spirit has a way of adjusting our thinking, sometimes by nudging us with little doubts about how we have always viewed a concept. If we ask him to reveal the truth about something that bothers us, he will, often over a period of time. Wisdom and truth are part of our inheritance as believers. When we diligently pray and claim scriptures, such as the following, God answers by increasing our wisdom. James 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask it of God, who gives to all men generously and does not scold, and it shall be given to him. Ephesians 1, 17 through 19. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, so that you may know what is the hope of his calling, and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. What if you are already in deception or you're afraid of that possibility? If we put ourselves in the place of humility and teachableness 
and ask God to bring us into truth and keep us there, he will. He has promised to set us back on the right path. Isaiah 30 verse 21 says, And your ears will hear a word behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it, when you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. Our God is faithful and good. He wants us to be free of deception even more than we want it. As we align ourselves with God's word, put our trust in his character, and activate our faith that he will protect us and deliver us from deception, we can be assured that he will. There is no longer any reason to fear getting off into deception. We can move forward boldly in him, knowing that he will keep us safe. The things I've been talking to you about today are also in my book, The Intercessor Manual, which you can find at my website, characterbuildingforfamilies.com. The Intercessor Manual is also available through Amazon and many other online book retailers. Thank you for listening. This is Leanne Rubson with Out of the Fire.